to From the Stairs, your one-stop shop podcast for insider access and in-depth interviews with your favorite Billiken coaches and players. Be sure to follow the show on Twitter at Billiken Podcast for the latest news on future episodes. Now, here is your host, Billiken Athletic Director, Chris May. Welcome, Bulletin fans. We've got a great slate of guests today. Uh, baseball season gets underway this week, so I'll sit down with reigning A-10 Coach of the Year, Darren Hendrickson. We'll discuss the outlook for this year's squad, in addition to looking back at the 2013 team that is being inducted into the Billiken Hall of Fame this weekend. We'll also sit down with three of the women's basketball players, all of who have received at least one A-10 Rookie of the Week honors for this season. Kaija Harbison has received nine, uh, which is three off of the league record. Finally, we'll talk with men's basketball coach Travis Ford. The Billikens have a tough road trip ahead, but a double bye in the A-10 tournament is not out of the realm of possibility. Up first, baseball coach Darren Hendrickson. It's a great time of year here at SLU because it's baseball season. You wouldn't look out, you wouldn't know when you looked out the window right now, but uh, we open on Friday. And what I believe is the best baseball town in America. And we have, we couldn't be more proud of what our baseball team has done, how they're building. And Darren Hendrickson has been at the helm uh, here in his 11th, 11th season. Um, has won 365 games at SLU has won 878 lifetime games. That means he started when he was three years old. Um, but no, quite quite honestly, uh, what what you've been able to do to build this program for when I came in here 11 years ago and when we were in West Pine Gym training and to the, see what the student athletes of today are doing with a 3.2 GPA, competing for championships, bringing people together, it, it for me is an unbelievable uh, positive part of what I get to do. And I, I First, I want to thank you. But second, um, tell us about, tell the fans about your experience as a coach over the 24 years, your 24th season kicking off here. How has it changed? How has, I mean, this is the week of the first game. How have those butterflies, have they changed at all? Are there any butterflies left? Um, how do you see that journey moving up to when we're going to start playing this Friday? Well, first of all, thanks for having me. I'm, I'm like every college baseball coach in the country, I'm I'm excited. It's opening week. Um, the butterflies have not changed. Uh, ironically, we you said that we have a meeting. We had a meeting this morning with our staff going over everybody's duties. Everybody's thing. Hey, do we have our boxes checked? And has everything been done? And it was some of the most basic stuff. But I'm sure a lot of staffs in America were doing the same thing on Monday morning of opening week. Uh, but, you know, it's all always back to fundamentals. It's always back to basics. It's always back to doing the little things right. And I think that's one of the keys to our success here and uh, with what we've done as a, as a staff and a, a group and a, a, a collection of alums uh, is we've tried to get better at that every year. And that's uh, no different this year, especially with two new coaches. So uh, it's been a real evolving deal. You know, you asked me about my story and and then. I'm a program builder. I've stayed at uh, you know four places for four years, and then I got to a place that I felt like we could win at and was was going to keep growing, and that's what I am. I'm a grower, and I want to keep it going and keep the energy going for the kids. And what I've done is um, uh, I started out at Division Three, then I went to a, a, a junior college, and uh, and I started the program at Division Three. Bought the bats, bought the balls, all that good stuff. 
uh, 25 years old, so didn't have any idea what I was doing. Then went to JUCO, um, and then and, and had a nice run there. But and then we got to a Division II program that was a national championship when I inherited it, and uh, that was a really great place, a really special, talented kid, and very highly supported and good good place, good university. And uh, then when I got to SLU, it was a, it was a rebuilding job, as you mentioned. And um, those are things that make me proud as a coach to look back at the the footprints you leave and and, and uh, the friendships. Um, some of my old players are now coaching at some of those places. So to me, that means more than the numbers you just read off. Honestly, I, I mean, not you know, it, it's if you're fortunate to do this another 10, 15, 20 years, you're. Their number is going to be what it is when it's all over. So uh, it's been fun. Uh, but but here at SLU, it's been the most rewarding, yet the most challenging because of uh, a lot of things, but mostly because there's good people. We play every week, right. and that's what's fun. But opening week is, is always, you can tell in my voice, um, I, I'm, I've got an extra bounce in my step, and off we go. So I was just going to say, there's a bounce in everybody's step. I was in here this weekend, and Evan's up upstairs. There's nobody here. I'm lying there. He's in there, fired up about about the first first week of ball. How do you manage that extra bounce in the step with the team? Because they've got the butterflies, they've got, but they haven't been through as many first weeks as you have. So how do you help manage from the young <clears throat> kids? To the old guys, how do you help manage that so you can keep them on the ground and yet playing the type of ball you want them to play? Well, I watched some college baseball on the computer this weekend, and this is the direct answer to your question. And when I watched that, I saw a lot of good play and I saw a lot of mistakes. Um, looked like opening weekend, and looked like a lot of the teams that had just rolled out of the the gyms and the and the indoors and all these things. And I said, okay, when I'm watching this. My gut reaction, my fan reaction, my parent reaction, all that stuff was to, oh, you know, and then get excited and all that. So I tried to make a note to myself to say, hey, let's let's calm this down because we have 16 new faces, uh, you know, already. And they're going to be on a Division One field for the first time. We also have Corrigan Bartlett, who didn't play last year with an injury. Uh, you know, stuff like that. And and you're also putting some other guys in different positions. So what I say to you is I, I think if all coaches are trying to slow everything down a little bit and not get too excited, and, and as you know in our sport, Chris, it's it's a truly is a marathon a in all games. sports. But yeah. 56 games, you, you just cannot take one home with you. We started one and seven last year in the Deep South, and we were, you know, rusty and everything. All the mistakes were made. But um, I, I would just say that getting these this generation of kids comfortable – uh, but also learning to be not comfortable. In other words, sometimes it's not always going to go pleasant. You know, travel might be rocky and outside things we can't control. So those are the things that I look at right now that we're doing. So two years ago, we came out and had an unbelievable <clears throat> first weekend, right? We went right. down to Texas. We're yeah. off the charts good. Last year, we 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 were struggled a little bit. Yeah. So you've seen both of them most recent. Do you stick with the same game plan no matter what? Try and keep them, yeah, because keep them calm and the highs low and the lows high? Well, it's, yeah, because the schedules were exactly the same. Um, you went to basically the same cities. You did the same tournament, the, the right. Notre Dame Classic, and then yep. you went to Florida. Mm-hmm. So the point of that is, like, nothing changed. Nothing was different. Almost a lot of the same players did the same things. That's right. And we didn't change anything. Our problem last year is we just got off to a bad start. We, you know, we scuffled a little bit hitting, and we, we got out of our, our ways, and two of our arms didn't deliver, and, you know, so it put us behind and all that kind of stuff. 
the the key is for me. I don't know that I put numbers out there early, uh, you know, from a win loss. I, th- I just feel like if we continue to play better, and I think that's what we did last year. After we got the bad start, I think we played better. We got home, and and we played really well at home, like most teams. But we played extraordinarily at home, which then got our confidence to a new level to allow us to win on the road. And when you go undefeated on the road in the A10 or any league, yeah, big time. I don't, I don't, you know, know that you can put a price tag on that because you don't ever count on that so i i would say that we don't do anything differently um but for all these new faces we've got to be extra patient we've got to be very optimistic and upbeat and let them know that it's a long way till the end of may we talk a lot about culture and about values and i i personally believe Last year's team, you had done so much work the fall previous. You brought in the Marine and you did all this work off the field and you you were building this culture and I could see it. And so it wasn't surprising that, I mean, it was unbelievable we went on the road and didn't get beat in the A-10, but it it didn't surprise me that we just kept chopping wood. We just kept playing because, man, the culture was so good with that team. Um, And I know you did a bunch of the similar stuff. Are you starting to feel like we've really got a system down to build that culture and to bring new kids into a real set culture and this is how we do it? Because I, it, it looks different for me than it looked six, seven, eight years ago. Well, uh, it's a complex answer. I think it's always a moving target. Um, I think we we as coaches, administrators, and, and people in 2019 are are have our hands full with um, leadership and accountability and and core values and the way we all do things. And so, yes, but I I try not to put a lot of slogans and put it on what I would consider it and when it turns into the fluffy part of it, which I personally don't like um, inside a team during a season. Because I think what happens is you hand somebody some papers and it goes right out the window with them while they're in season. So we try to do it in the fall. We try to instill it all in the fall. And, and of course, with Tom Pinnell coming out and uh, the Marine leadership, I mean, that speaks for itself. But I, I would say that your players have to be the ones. I mean, if, if the coaches are constantly having to lead, to me, that's going to be a problem. I mean, that's just, I think, an old slogan that I read somewhere. I didn't make it up today. Well, um, and you experienced it because then you see a team, you know, you go into a team like you have this year. You've got some old veteran guys who are leading i mean you've got some guys who you can tell by the way they practice and the way they they react and act or departmentally you've got some guys who have been around i mean i see a young i I see connor lehman and i see him as one of the real special stories right remembering where he was as a freshman and where he's come (laughs) ryan hernandez ryan leffner who was going to leave here with as good a numbers as anybody right you've got some you've got some Wiley veterans who are showing the young guys how to go, and then you got a Shane Bennis who's been around a little bit, who's brought great culture with him. So it seems like you've got some of those older guys leading. Well, you hope so, and and I think before we play a game, I, I realize it's before we play. No, a game. no, it's fair, and it's a great great statement because that's that's what we're hope our hope is too. We we've got five guys that are twenty three years old, and that's 
that can be that should be a plus because yeah. to me to me it's still about age I watch guys and we talk about statistics and all that but we watch like you just said maturity and and, and what people have been through and like Connor Lehman's been through Tommy John he, mm-hmm. he he got here he you know it was 84 miles an hour and he he no hits old miss for five innings last year well what a growth pattern all that's been yeah. you know and Big time. Um, and then you've got of course Shane Bennis who's been on a, on a roller coaster of of three different schools with with horrible knee injuries and and um, just a long journey back who's now bouncing around the field like he's a freshman again excited to play baseball and he looks like yeah. a little kid at you know out of the out the complex right and you got you know so you got different personalities you've got what's going to be the slew all-time saves leader knock on wood and ryan lefner who's been here for four years and ryan hernandez who's those guys are invaluable and you know the one thing we are going to miss is we're going to miss production we're going to miss uh seniority in the field perhaps but we do have a good anchor of pitchers and we do have people that know what it takes how to get there how to travel how to study how to balance all that with the things like we just said that we can't control now, I, the, the volume is the thing for me. There's just 16 new, new faces, right. and that's something that we probably won't have that large recruiting class, you know, at SLU right. at one time over and over and over. But right. some of that's through our own success, too, is uh, with, with drafts. Mm-hmm. And so you're, to me, you're, you're, the real answer is you're recruiting. How do you f- create that culture and get it better? Is you, you start recruiting a, a, the kind of kid that understands the whole what this is really about. Not maybe just the baseball part or the other part or, you know. So that, that takes me to my next question. We had a 3.2 GPA. Mm-hmm. That is, that's as good as anybody in the country in, in college baseball. So we're competing. We're having guys get drafted. But they're also, and, and as you know, which, which is as amazing to me as any, is their GPAs in the spring are better than their GPAs in the <laughs> fall. because And you're playing you're playing. And so how do you how do you fit that in with I mean our objectives? We educate, we compete, we build community, but how do you how have you figured out because you have totally changed your your the kids you're bringing in. I mean, it's unbelievable what these kids are doing now. Well, I'll tell you one of the I don't know that I've Maybe you haven't changed. changed. A whole Maybe, lot I don't know, but, but I tell you what, their numbers no, have changed. You. I hear you. No, and that's a that's a fair statement. They they have changed and but I would say it's just like on a recruiting talk. I, I, I try to sell our program as a miniature Vanderbilt, a miniature Stanford. I say miniature. I mean like a, a yeah, quasi version of those yeah. places. Right. And I say we're, we want to be really good at baseball and we want to be really good at everything else as far as academics, community, uh, you know, and, and have a, a, a strong foundation around you, not just one area. When we got here, I'm going to – let's be honest. When we got here, we were good in academics and we weren't very good competitively. And so for us, it was about balance and constantly trying to get it better and get it better. And you have to go through a couple cycles and you have to go through some recruiting bumps, as we all know in this world. Plus, then you throw in today's kids of instant gratification and not that we're going to get into that, but, you know, it's a it's a it's a tricky, slippery slope to try to keep the continuity. And that's the thing I'm the most proud of with this program is the consistency and the continuity. But now that you get to the 3.2 GPA and and you have an unbelievable graduation rate of, you know, almost 100 percent minus your pro players who are still out there competing for their dreams. That makes me as a coach say that we're doing it right. And that's why we got to get it right on the front end of recruiting. 
which is still an inexact science. Well, we've come a long ways, and that's for me as the AD, is when you see teams winning championships, when you see teams getting having great GPAs, yeah. having events when we're bringing Mike Schilt and he's participating with our program and teaching our young kids right in front of a, a public crowd. To me, it means we have it is, it's pretty cool. And now we start here this week, and it's time to roll it out and play. And so it's pre, it's just an exciting time. You look at the home games we've got from Creighton to Illinois to St. John's. You bring your A-10 group in. It's an exciting time for college baseball right here in St. Louis. So that, to me, is really rewarding. The last piece I wanted you to mention, I wanted to mention is, so we've got our Hall of Fame. You guys are gone. But the 2013 team going into the Billiken Hall of Fame, what what are your memories from that team and uh, those pieces that you really, they helped set the foundation where we are today. So how do you, what are your thoughts on, on those guys? I'll tell you what I think I'm about. I'm sure you've heard from a bunch of them. I have, and they've stayed in touch and been great. Um, honestly, they really have. But that group started in, in in 2012 when we won the A-10 for the first time outright. Mm-hmm. and we, But we lost in the tournament to Dayton, who I believe actually tied with us that year. But I felt like that team was a year away still. Um, and when they got the pieces back, it was, it was a lot like last year's group. But the 13 team... I think is the one that turned the corner for the program. And here's why. 12, it was, it was really talented. But 13, they knew what to do. They knew how to prepare. They knew, you know, you had Alex Kelly. You had Grant Nelson. You had um, Alex Ailman, who had been a f- – uh, I'm sorry. No, he had just left in 12. Excuse me. I, I said that by mistake. But those kids had been there for four and five years together. And then it was Kelly and Nelson's term. And, and Vigliarolo was a big part of it, of course. And, and Mike Levine and, and um, Soleil. And you started looking around Bozarth and, you know, Steve Fernandez. And you said, gosh, that's, that's, a, that's a group that's played together a while. And that's a group that they had been through some – you know, sometimes, but they knew they were getting better. They knew they were growing and they knew that they were for me. And they'll say this. I hope I hear, you hear this. They knew that they had a chance to leave a, an imprint into the program one way or another, instead of just being a fly by night once every four year group. To, and that's what to me turned the whole thing. And that's, we wanted again in 14 and 15 back to back to back. And you go, I think 13 is the reason why, because if you remember in the A-10 championship, we lost the opening game. And there, to me, there's no other team I've had that could have come back and won five games in a row. Because I'm going to tell you right now, but when the time we played the last game, when we threw the first pitch, we knew we were going to win. And we haven't had too many of those teams that you have that. But you know you're going to win before they hike the ball or shoot the yeah. ball or throw it up in whatever sport. I'm not saying it in a, in a braggadocious way by any means. There's a confidence that comes when you've gone through and done the work to get but it done. We were down in the yeah. in the in the bottom, is my we're point. I was telling you that as far as we had we had just won four in a row, storming back, and it was like it's going to take a lot to beat this group because they were pretty, you know. So the unity on that group, I think you're going to see a lot of them return to, because they really love SLU and they love what they accomplished, and I do think they feel like their their era was important for us to to move it into the next phase, and that's where we are today. Well, you uh, you built a great culture that those guys feel good about. And so that is, uh, again, that's what we hope to do, right? We hope to build a culture that they know they're going to come compete for championships. They know they're going to come get a great education, and they're going to go off and be successful someday. 
And for me, that means we're doing it well. And so I can't uh, thank you enough. I'm unbelievable prideful for what you guys are doing. And uh, we will be watching you guys live from Alabama this weekend. All right. Thank you very much. Thanks for being here. We'll have you back again uh, in a couple of months. We'll be 40 games in, and we'll have all kinds of stories from this year's team. Up next, we're joined by women's basketball freshmen, Kaija Harbison, Maya Clark, and Brooke Flowers. It is uh, now my honor to uh, sit down with three of our women's basketball, I call them rock stars, Um, three women's basketball players here, freshmen, who have all been the A-10 Rookie of the Week one time or another. One of them seems to be trying to take more of them than everybody else, but that's okay. We don't mind. <laughs> but I've got Kaija Harvison, Brooke Flowers, and Maya Clark here that uh, we're going to talk a little bit about their season as freshmen, what uh, what they expected, what's gone uh, different than they expected, and then just get their take on uh, how their first year of college basketball is going. So welcome, ladies. It's awesome to have you here. Congratulations on a good season so far. It's Thank been, you. It's been fun watching you guys because you guys have brought some energy to the place. You brought some energy, you brought some passion, and you brought the passion to win. And that's what's super exciting, and the future couldn't be more bright with you all being here. So thanks for being here. We appreciate it. I thought I'd start with Brooke. Brooke, since you were the last one here, thought I'd start with you. Okay. Brooke, share with us, you're the St. Louis kid. Hometown kid stays home. How's it gone so far? What's been the most exciting, and what do you look forward to long-term? Um, well, so far, I think the season's been great. I think, you know, it's been a learning experience, um, just being, you know, with our teammates and playing, you know, on the court. Every game is just an opportunity to learn something new and just continue to grow. Um, some of the best things about the season, I think it was great having the opportunity to play UConn, um, especially, you know, watching them as I was growing up as a basketball player. So to be on, like, the floor with them was definitely an amazing experience. Being able to just play here at home, I think, has been a highlight of the season. Um, being able to play around and in front of my family and friends, people from my high school, so that's been great. Uh, in the future, just looking forward to continue to grow with my teammates. Um, as you said, we do definitely have a bright future, so just continuing to get better every day and shooting for the stars, doing everything that we can just to be the best that we can be. That's good. Kaija, tell us about your freshman year. How's it gone so far? What, what are you looking forward to the rest of the season and then moving forward? Um, so far, my freshman season has been great. Um, like Brooke said, it's been a lot of good learning experiences, playing UConn and a lot of good competition. Um, just learning some new things every game. As far as the future, um, I'm, we're looking forward to an 18 championship, so it's always our goal. Um, as far as like going on forward, like she said, the future is bright, so just very excited. So what have you learned? What's the, what's the number one thing you've learned about college ball from high school ball? I would say it's 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 a lot more like smarter players here. So I guess you gotta have a little more basketball aptitude than in high school. Mm-hmm. What uh, what do you have to work on in your game to take it to the next level? Um, I would say first my communication as far as you know being a point guard on the court, just trying to talk louder and make sure my teammates are in the right places and things like that. What has the A ten experience been to you playing in the A-10. What did you know before and what have you learned? 
before I knew St. Louis Billikens was in the ATN. What I learned now, it's great competition. I mean, it's not easy. So um, a lot of good players out there. Yeah, it's a lot of great players out there. So yeah, it's just a great, it's a great conference. So yeah. So you're looking forward to the day when we win it. Yes. My, <laughs> what have you learned? 18 points against UConn. I mean, <laughs> yeah. come on. How many freshmen have 18 points against UConn? Uh, not many. <laughs> not many. So what did that do for your confidence, and what have you learned as a freshman? Well, the UConn game brought, um, definitely brought my confidence up because I know, like, before that game, like, you know, I was a little, like, hesitant, like, about my play and all that stuff. I don't think I was very, like, as confident as I should have been, but, like, I definitely thought that game brought, like, a different side out of me that I didn't think that, I, like, I knew about myself as well. So, yeah, that was a great experience, and that's something I always look back on. And I think sometimes like, I forget to think about that moment as well, that, like, I can actually, like, play up to that level as well. So I think sometimes I just need to remind myself that I'm that. I need to, like, bring out that player as well. You do know that if you can do that against UConn, you can do that against anybody. Yeah. You know that, right? Yes, I okay. do. <laughs> All right. So what have you learned as a freshman? I've learned a lot of things. I think the one thing I've learned is, like, like bringing positive energy positive energy like and I know that that's like a main thing and I know like in high school I just I think I'm a pretty positive player but I think that I've really like learned it throughout other people that like if one person is like off like it affects others and I think that bringing the energy into practice like it really like it'll like produce like better play and like like have a better atmosphere as well it's the same with being positive in life, right? Right. So we talk about gratitude all the time. Those that bring that every day are positive in the classroom and then are positive on the court. Mm -hmm. So when you have positive energy, what happens? It affects others. You hit shots, right? Mm -hmm. So big picture, what what do the Billiken fans that are listening, what do they need to know about you three? It's Brooke, only the beginning. Brooke, what do you got? These guys said you could sing. Okay, I, I can a little bit. Um, I don't know. We we all love to have fun. We we love to have fun. When we get together, it's always a good time. Um, you know, we always laugh. We hang out. We the five freshmen, all of us really. We we stick together. You see one of us most of the time. You see all of I us. I see so. you guys walking walking up the sidewalk at times. <laughs> yes. Heads up and heads down, depending on how the what the weather is. Yes. <laughs> What's give me one good travel story. Oh, okay. Um, one time we were on a road trip and um, Evan had brought a speaker. And so she was like playing a song and um, Allison, our strength and conditioning coach, has us do like mini band stretches. And so she's playing a song over the speaker while we're driving in the uh, the charter bus. And so me and Maya, we get up and we're standing up like in the middle of the charter bus while it's moving. And we're like doing our like mini band stretches in the back of the bus. And so, you know, it was, everybody's laughing and singing and having a good time. So yeah. we'll have to ask Allison about the music. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Change the subject. Best Lisa Stone story. Best Lisa Stone story. Can you guys help me with this? Oh, come on. You got some. Okay, Maya's got it. Okay. Maya's got it. I think Maya absolutely. I'm, I'm hearing about the dancing. I've been yes. hearing about the Lisa oh. Stone dance program, but what do you what do you got? Yes. I when we um be date dating in a triple overtime mm -hmm. and we be celebrating a locker room, <laughs> I did not know Coach Stone could bust a move like that. <laughs> Let me tell you, I was I, she my She mom, brought it? 
she she brought it there. She told us what she got. <laughs> it is it was amazing and like everyone was dancing. We were just celebrating and happy and it was just like it was it was so much fun. That's great. All right, Kaja. What's it take for this team to go to the NCAA tournament? What's it gonna take for this team to develop into an NCAA tournament team? Of course putting team first is our motto. So Okay, so what's that mean? What's it take to to play team first basketball? Um I would say just make sure we play together on the court, of course, communicating on defense, um, make sure we share the ball on offense, rebounding, everything. Um, it's a lot. It takes team first. Um, putting, you know, you know, trusting each other. Um, yeah. So, okay, last question for you guys. What's been the best part of your freshman year? My year first. Um, Not basketball. Definitely meeting the freshmen because I wanted to come here and I just wanted to meet new people. And at first we were a little quiet, but then we had our moment when we like started talking and they've honestly been like the best part of being here. When was the moment? Oh, oh wow. Snarfs. Oh, <laughs> snarfs. It was at Snarfs. <laughs> Something funny happened. Like, first, when we first got there, we were really quiet. Like, no one was talk- talking, and it was awkward. Typical we were, freshman. Right. Like, we just wanted to get to know each other. And then something happened, and we all just started laughing. And ever since, like, ever since that day, we've been, like, like tight. We all became human. Mm-hmm. We all became teammates. That's yeah. cool. Guys, your one was yours. Um, best moment, yeah. freshman. Um, I would say, of course, beating Dayton. That was like, you know, as a freshman, first time of like us experiencing Dayton. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was it was awesome. Everybody, everybody had a role and did something to help get mm-hmm. that win. Yeah, when you got that, it's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Brooke, I don't know. I think I might have to go with Maya on this one. Just like meeting, meeting everybody, like watching us all grow, like on and off the court, just as people getting to know like all my teammates better um, just watching us all get better every day I think yeah. so when you walk off the court your next game when you walk off the court what do you want the other team saying about you guys how do you want to play what do you want the other team to say I want them to say that we were tough you know we never gave up um, just hustle for like every loose ball Played hard, aggressive. Just a team that's not afraid to do the dirty work and just get down and do what it takes to get the dub. I think uh, that couldn't have been said better. And uh, what you three have done and with your other teammates, I think it is really, really exciting to see what you've done to date. And what's more exciting is to see what you're going to do. And you, you're setting the foundation. There's a lot of basketball to be played this year. The A-10 is up for grabs. There isn't anybody we can't beat. And I'm looking forward to seeing the final games and then go through the tournament with you guys because uh, there's one team I think that people really might have a little concern about playing, and it's us, and it's because of you guys. Mm-hmm. And so great job. Thanks for joining us. Anything else you want to share with Billiken fans before we uh, cut it off for today? Don't forget to watch our game tomorrow. Don't forget to watch the Billikens. All right. Thank you, ladies. We appreciate it. Take care. Thank you. Thank you. Our final conversation for this month's episode is with men's basketball coach, Travis Ford. We're sitting here with Travis Ford, head coach of our men's basketball team, as we sit here mid-A-10 season. Got out of the blocks great. 
We're now in the heat of the battle in the A-10. It's up for grabs. Anybody, anybody can win this thing. Anybody can beat anybody, as we saw last week. Um, what's your take right now as you look at the conference season and the way it's playing out? Well, if I just look at the overview of the conference, um, not talking about us right now, I think probably Davidson is the team to beat at this point, which is not surprising. I said that earlier in the year when you return, you know, nine of your top ten scores back or whatever. They and the player of the year. And the player of the year. And you, you got a chance to be pretty good. And uh, they've proven that. They've... Uh, uh, they've added a few key players that are new, but most of most of their guys are experienced guys. So it's not it's not a shocker uh, that I think they're one of the better teams in our league. And then you look at VCU, who you know you just look at the, the tradition of VCU. Uh, they're always very 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 good, and they've got such a great home court advantage a lot from you know all the sellouts that they get. Uh, I think those two teams are probably sitting the best right now. And then you've got a whole nother list of group of people from uh, George Mason to Dayton to Duquesne to us if we had a chance we got to run off some games there's no I've talked to our team about this talked to them um, you know bright and early Monday morning for uh, when they had weightlifting and then we talked a little bit about what is left and what we need to do and kind of how we need to finish and you know, you got to pick and choose. You don't want to put too much pressure on your team, but sometimes you've got to put the pressure on your team. You know, it uh, goes against maybe common philosophy a little bit of putting pressure on people, but sometimes pressure is a good thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, sometimes you're to a point you pressure might be what changes things, and we've got to change the way we're playing or the, at least the way we're, uh, you know, getting to as far as trying to get in the win column. Uh, we've got we've to make, make a run here, and that's where we're at. How uh, how rewarding has it been as a coach to watch Javon Bess? I mean, what I mean, I can't come up with enough words to describe yeah. how impressed I've been by how he's taking care of himself off the court, on the court, what he's doing. You've been at this a long time. How as a coach, how do you how do you look at th- those type players and and what they're able to do and what do they bring to your team? Well, you wish every player had, you know, brings uh, Javon Bess's um, tangibles, the things that he's, what he stands for. Um, I I say he's kind of old school uh, because there's not many guys that get in the gym like he does, and you don't have to tell him to go to class. You don't have to, you know, he's never late for anything. Uh, he stands for all the right things. Very mature individual, um, but you know, uh, he's in a great example and. Um, for all of our players uh, to learn from. Uh, because here's a young man that came in here that was wanting to improve his jump shot when he came here and wanted to uh, have an opportunity to uh, be be a, a great player in a league. Um, and he's done that based solely on how hard he's worked and solely on all the extra that he's done. He is a true example of somebody who has made himself into a great player. He has made himself into uh, or has given himself an opportunity to play in the NBA. He will have an opportunity. He will get that chance. Now he's got to go make a team probably and, uh, and things like that. But I've talked to enough NBA scouts and different people. Um, you know, uh, there's a chance he could even get drafted maybe in the second round and things like that. That's how hard he's worked on his game. Um, and then just the way he treats people and, um, you know, just the, the, how he carries himself every single day. 
Uh, it's not a coincidence that success comes to those guys. It's not a coincidence that hard work pays off. Um, but he's a great role model for uh, all of the guys in our locker room. I was so proud. I was in here, I mentioned to you, two weeks ago uh, at 7.45 in the morning. I look at the end of the hall, and somebody's going into the study hall. Yeah. 7.45. I go down there. It's Javon getting his work done so he can get shots in. And that night, he had 31. Yeah. And so it's... And, and, and hadn't been practicing. It's unfortunate he's ran into some... Uh, some injuries right. here that if uh, no question and we haven't publicized it a whole lot and, and made a big deal out of it but there's no question it's held him back there's no question about it um, but yeah those are things coming in at 745 to study all I don't have I don't make I don't have to make him yeah. no he's he, that's the other guys I gotta make that's you him. know you've yeah. gotta make guys do this you gotta track guys down and get them over here and um it's so much easier, and I tell our guys, so much easier when you choose to do it on your own. Uh, it's so much more rewarding. Uh, and be honest with you, it's less effort. You know, some guys spend more time trying to figure out how to get out of things than if they'd actually done them. They actually would have more time, more free time. But uh, Javon Bess is, uh, as I said, he's going to go down as one of the, my all-time favorites and uh, is a young man that I've coached and the person he is and just love him dearly and wish him nothing but success. And uh, hopefully he can get healthy here coming down the stretch. It's going to be difficult. You know, it's hard to get healthy this time of year. But hopefully he can get healthy and finish strong uh, because he means that much to our team. But more importantly for himself, I uh, just want good things to happen for him. How, how all of us uh, couldn't be more happy yeah. for a kid to have that type of success. It's just yeah. it's just great. Um, we've got uh, – you had a great practice today. I called it great. You called it decent, I think. But uh, I think was the word you used. But you had a Hall of Famer come back and help out. How, how encouraging is it to know – that you've got a community of players who will step up at any moment to come help you yeah. and to do whatever it takes in the community that's here to help support what you're doing. Uh, it, it, it shows uh, the commitment from you know uh, the former players and what this place means to former players. And uh, we started making, you know, we're, we're down in numbers. And one of the things that has uh, been attributing to our uh, not getting in the wing column as much as we'd like or things we can't control. A lot of it's, I believe, are things we can't control and some of the things we can control, but one is our injuries. We've just not been able to practice and compete and practice the way you need to in order to prepare for games. And so we've decided to put out uh, a, a, an all-points bulletin to all former players who are around here to, uh, to come help us in practice because by NCAA rules, they can come back and they can practice with your team. Um, and, uh, you know, so this morning we started calling a few. Larry Hughes was out of town, but he, he, he wants to start helping. We called Anthony Bonner and immediately said, yes, tell me when and where. Yeah. Um, and uh, Anthony still looks like he could play. He came out and really competed with our guys uh, today and uh, was a physical presence, which was great. Um, but more, even more importantly, how he kind of mentored our guys. I think it's just so uh, important to have guys like that because they hear my voice every day and the other sisters' voices every day and they hear the same thing. But when they hear a Hall of Famer, a guy that played in the NBA six, seven years, a guy that's had a, an illustrious career basketball-wise and off the court-wise and the respect level that he has from everybody around here, to hear it from him, he's saying the same things to our guys. Uh, sometimes this time of year can go further uh, than even what I tell them. So it's uh, 
it was fun to have him in practice. He's coming back, um, and it's uh, it, it's making a difference. I think it'll help us. Well, it's so encouraging when you got guys like Anthony. I had lunch with Larry last week, and Larry Hughes is going, what can I do to help? Yeah. When those guys are all lining up and want to do whatever it takes, that means uh, there's something pretty yeah. special about that. That's no, cool. it does. It, it shows first, first and foremost what this place means to them while they were here. Right. Because if they didn't have a good experience, they're not going to want to help. And two, I think it shows that they believe in what we're doing here. Uh, and I think they, you know, know the head program's headed in the right direction from what we took over. And they want to be a part of that. And they've been nothing but helpful. The uh, Speaking of Hall of Famers, so we've got the Hall of Fame this weekend. And we've got many people being honored. Um, would be remiss not to mention Dr. Chaffetz, who's yeah. going into the Billiken Hall of Fame. I was so thrilled when the Hall of Fame ballots got brought in, and and Rich is going to be honored. But it's such a great day for us because everybody they get recognized before the game, then at halftime. But what does it mean to have those type people around to a basketball team? I know you're recruiting heavily. You're bringing young kids in, which we can mention that uh, that are playing unbelievable right now they are right. playing so good yeah. but when you bring the rich shapets and the larry's and the anthony's and all those guys all these hall of fame people what does that mean to a basketball team when we talk about dr shapets uh, i think it means a lot because he the first of all he makes an effort to be around our team and to take an interest uh, in our young men uh and their um and their growth as individuals, not just basketball players and winning, but he cares about them as individuals as well as he has many players that have come through here. But I think it, his his contributions uh, are, are go on many levels. First is his story on how he became a success, yeah. because uh, no different than what our guys, most of our guys want to go on to become NBA players, all of them. If you ask every one of them, they're all going to go to the NBA. They think they are. But if not, they want to go on and do something successful and use their education that they're getting here to become success, a success. Well, Dr. Shapitz is a is proof of that. For somebody who didn't come from uh, wealth, right. who, 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 who hard work paid off for him. And building relationships played, paid off for him. And he has shared that story and shared his experiences from here with our players on many occasions. And I can never hear it enough. I love to hear the story and why I end up giving back uh, and help build Chaffetz Arena. Uh, so just the example he has set as far as uh, the person he is. Uh, and the success because our guys look at him and they know there's a successful man his yeah. name's on this building yeah. and they know all the rest but it's good when they see how he became that it just didn't happen overnight it just wasn't given to him and uh, so that, that's first and foremost that they have an example in front of them that hey hard work pays off and good things can happen with a great education from right here he's no different than any of you guys Two, yeah, you know the uh, you know he, he supports this athletic department, this school, the university itself, uh, and is a difference maker. And he has stepped up on many occasions to give back. And you know, Chris, you and I have known a lot of people that have been successful, and uh, and you know the different direction, different ways he's being pulled at. You know how many people are absolutely, on, and he chooses on his own to give back to this university because of what it's meant to him. So I think that says a lot. You know that he chooses to say, "Hey, I've been fortunate. This school's helped me. How can I help you?" And sometimes it's financially. It's a lot of other ways, but sometimes it is financially. And he has stepped up and done that uh, in a very broad manner on on many fronts, academics, athletics, and everything. 
but it also sets an example for other people. I think when other people see, you know, Dr. Chaffetz give, giving, it makes other people want to give as well that have the capability to do that, whether it's big or small or whatever it is. But it, it, it really sounds an alarm from other people. Uh, is that something that I've always seen that sometimes it takes one or two people to really step up, make that significant gift, a significant difference, which Dr. Shapitz has done. Um, and that just gets people's attention and other people say, well, you know, that might be something I would like to do as well. So we could go on and on uh, on what he's meet, what he means to this university and what he's done in the past and what he's going to continue to do in the future. Um, but there's no question he's definitely one of the faces of this university. Well, there's nothing better to have somebody that's passionate about us yeah. winning. Mm-hmm. And he is passionate. Mm-hmm. And uh, that, it's the perfect story. And it's the perfect story of success yeah. and somebody who is behind us every step, which is pretty cool. One last question. What... Uh, how do you want this team to finish? You know, we're halfway we're halfway through the A10. We got a lot of ball to play. If you could send a message, this is this is our passion. This is our vision. This is how we want to play and finish. What would that be? Well, we need to play to our identity of who we are, and that's um, you know I don't think there was any better example of that than the Dayton game. Um, we need to be locked in mentally. Our physical aspect of our game comes from the mental aspect and if we're locked into being a aggressive physical hard playing kind of enforce our will onto you don't worry about the scoreboard don't worry about if we're up or down you know and I think we got a little caught up into that in the St. Joe's game because they were making such tough shots we kept looking at the score and I think we all felt like it you know it felt like I felt like we were down eight or nine you look up and we're down like 15 or 16 just because of the tough shots they were making uh and we got caught up too much at looking at the scoreboard that's not who we are that's not what we're made up of we needed to really concentrate on uh, preparing ourselves mentally every single game uh don't worry about we can't get caught up into injuries and who's playing and who's not playing that's just part of it uh if we've got five guys in uniform six guys in uniform or seven those seven need to bring their best and as i challenge our team this morning I said you just look at it uh, if we would have just held and this is this is a little bit exaggerated because it's St. Joe's margin if we just held two of their players with three less points they had one player with 28 he just scored 25 and they had another young man scored 20 if he'd just been held to 17 they had another young man who scored 15 if we just held him to 12 just three less points and really that's one less three and then this, uh, then two other players that scored just held them to one less basket. If we just held them to that, and then you flip over to our team, and I said, if everybody would have just given our team two more points, you two free throws from you maybe, a made layup that you missed from you, and I went down the line. We I said, all that equals 31 points. Yeah. And I said, we win by one. Yeah. And I said, now that's an exaggeration. Usually we're, if we lose, it's four, four points, three points. I said... So the margin of error is not real big, but what it tells you is two things. And this goes to your question, what can they do? Everybody's got to give about, and everybody, you know, most coaches say, give us, give me 100%. Yes, give me 100%, but I'm asking for about 2% more. Just give me, if everybody gives us 2 to 3% more, then that's going to equal about 25 to 30% more as a total group. And I said, that will be enough. That will be enough because, uh, you know, we are, if there's a definition of team, we are it. We're, we don't have one or two guys who are going to win by themselves right now. 
But so I'm asking to finish strong. Everybody give a little bit more. Just give a little bit more. But also those what I explained to you about giving two more points. It also goes back to every possession is crucial. When you're a team that struggles to score at times like we do, and you're and everything's based on your defense and toughness, then it was good. It's going to become a possession game. There's no question about it. You look at all the games we've played, they become possession by possession games. So there's just not a lot of room for error, which is fine. Um, we just got to pay a little bit more attention as we come down to these seven games. Attention to detail and play every possession as if it's a championship possession. I told them that. that. Is that asking a lot? It is. But that's where we've put ourselves. We need to play every game as if it's a championship game. Every possession is if it's a championship or the last possession. Um, and we got to hold ourselves accountable to do that. Well, the last time we were in Chaffetz Arena, we were pretty good. We were pretty good. And yeah, so we were, were pretty gonna good. Have a great crowd against LaSalle on yeah. Saturday. And uh, I'm sure the energy will be in there. Yeah. People will be fired up and ready to uh, watch the Billikens get after it. So thank you. Thank you. No, it's been great. Chaffetz has been great to us. It really has. We, uh, you know, a couple of games we dropped there, one by obviously in, 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 in the Definitely. closing seconds, right. but the other. The one was really looking back. I was right when we were going through some tough times physically. That wasn't, you know, it's what I really do. I attribute it to several of those games, just going back and is talking with the staff and figuring out, you know, you know us. We're in here early till late at night trying to figure out what buttons we can push. And, you know, today I was studying. I got uh, Brian Cunderman to get out the stat sheets. I want to see what our stats look like at home, what they look like on the road. I want to see what they look like when we win. I want to see what they look like when we lose. And we started studying all that. And there's really not a huge difference other than we're turning it over a little bit more on the road. We're not making quite as many threes on the road. But there's not that big a difference. Not enough that we can't overcome, but it showed us it was just a little bit about physic being not physically ready, right. you know, not just being because of injuries only. Right. Um, I think it just took a toll on us right then. So hopefully we've been able to regroup a little bit, had a couple days off. We'll see how that works for us. Uh, we'll throw it up and uh, hopefully just, like I said, play every position. Well, we'll get through this week and then we'll get a bye. Yeah. So that had a little week yeah. to get healthy, but yeah. uh, I know the Billiton fans will be there and fire yeah. up. So we need them. Yeah. You got it. Thanks for listening to From the Stands with Billiken Athletic Director Chris May. Subscribe to our podcast in the iTunes Store and have the latest episodes sent straight to your phone. Until next month, go Billikens. Billikens.